How's everyone doing today? Friday, April 14th, 2023. Summer weather here in Jersey City, New York. Kind of an abrupt change from the colder months of winter. And it looks like we're skipping spring this season. And you have to be ready for anything from nature, from life. Get ready to roll with the rhythm of the seasons, but we can't predict exactly when it's gonna come and how it's gonna come. And it's the same with entrepreneurship, same with business, same with any aspect of life. We have to be ready, we have to be ready to respond and move in harmony with nature. Every morning when I take a shower, um, and I usually start with a really warm shower and then at the end switch to a cold priming shower, to just kind of make sure I, I wake up fully, not just be in that comfort of the warmth. But during that warm period, the glass in my shower fogs up, and uh, usually I try to see what inspiration, what kind of word of the day comes up. And uh, this morning I wrote on the shower glass, this actually came to me last night during a meditation, and it came back this morning, and the word was zealot. And, um, yeah, it felt, it felt good. It felt good to write that. And um, I want to talk today about what that means um, to me in my understanding. And I connected it to the meaning of and the whole purpose of this project, the polymath project. What is a polymath? Not just a multi-skilled, multi-talented uh, individual that studied various subjects or has various professions and has found a way to combine them, but one that's doing so with a purpose in mind, with a higher purpose, um, with a deep passion, with a belief. They're yearning something, they're seeking um, to, to show something to the world, to bring something, to manifest something, whether it's an invention or a new idea or a discovery. Think back to the original scientists, the Einsteins of the world, and the artists like da Vinci and Michelangelo, and what these polymaths did you know, in their time, uh, looking to prove things about how the universe works, about the rhythm of the sun and the planets, the solar system, things that others had fixed beliefs in that they accepted as truth. The current modern state of truth wasn't enough for them. So a polymath, a zealot, is someone who has a belief, a deeper belief from inspiration, from some kind of spark, some spark of light, some spark of fire. Um, we may call it a God, the God particle within, the spirit and the spirituality within them is such that it just can't be contented with the status quo and they're looking to move the edge of humanity to a larger frame of consciousness, a larger frame of awareness, and, and try to manifest and bring that truth, those ideas proven and manifest into the world, uh, whether that takes shape through politics or sports or entertainment or a business or just deep introspection and communication with a community of some kind. It can take many forms. So a zealot is um, someone who's a believer, a strong believer, um, but also one who's able to bring some rationality and some
practicality to, to their belief and what they're looking to achieve. Now, how does that apply into the world of business? So reframing that conversation, what's the role of spirituality slash faith? Um, they're not exactly the same thing, but let's just put that all together. What's the role of spirituality and faith in business? For me, as an entrepreneur and someone that identifies and has been inspired to be uh, an entrepreneur for my entire career, it's one and the same. It's like, there's a saying in the show, Ted Lasso, the one player says, football is life. And uh, that's how I felt when I played football, soccer. Um, that was everything. And I put everything into it. And everything else revolved around that. And for many years, from the ages of 5, 6 to 21, 22, that was the center, the sun in my solar system, right? And then when I moved out of soccer and retired at the age of 22 after college, then entrepreneurship started to get that centripetal force and everything started to revolve around that. Um, and at the same time, since I discovered my first spiritual experiences at the age of 18, everything that I did started to be framed around that as a central force. So, Someone said to me recently that, yeah, businesses are your businesses, and that's, you know, kind of secondary. It's the spirit that's most important, and uh, I agree, and yet I want to make a modification there because what we focus on, what we do, and if our entrepreneurship and our vision in business is something that connects to our spirituality, we're trying to bring a conscious organization conscious company that has a purpose to life, then it is in the central force of our solar system. And that's where, again, a polymath can bring multiple ideas, concepts, um, disciplines into a vision and manifest it. And that's what I envision, you know, for the team that I'm involved in right now, various teams. Um, that's what I've observed in others that have had success on a business level, but from a, from a place of really deep belief. Um, now, bringing that conversation to, let's say, investors or the financial world of business, uh, the people that are, again, at least in the West, in the capitalistic framework, it's all about the bottom line, right? There's a, spe a special energy or a special um, dimension in the world of business nowadays and for the last, let's say, 50 to 100 years that's been bottom line. You know, you're making money and how much you're making and who makes more money is the best business, irregardless of whether you're selling, you know, plastic widgets that really, you know, do nothing for, um, humanity, but, you know, sell well uh, versus doing something more socially conscious. So I think it's a good time for that conversation. That conversation's been happening. You know, there's terminology like impact investing, ESG, um, and a lot of things get convoluted and mixed in there. As you see, there's a problem with ESG. It's that not everyone agrees what is socially right or wrong. So the moral compass starts coming into play. Someone may think ESG is 
everything to do with sustainability and um, no waste products. And I, I tend to generally support that, but sometimes that can go too far, right? And I think that debate's happening in the public and political sphere right now. How far will we go with that? How many things can we put under that umbrella? Um, is it just a guise? You know, and is it a new bureaucracy where it's easy to raise money for those kind of things because government will write big checks and all of a sudden everyone's kind of um, taking their piece of the pot and it's more self-interest at stake under the guise of ESG and social impact. So I, I witness a lot of that happening in the world and um, I think it's a, it's a terrible sin, if you ask me, that people use the guise of social good and impact to enrich themselves or uplift their image. Um, you know, myself included, we're all subject to that. At the end of the day, in the, the day or the days of judgment, uh, which I do believe in, which are happening now, by the way, I don't think it's necessarily fully at the end of time, but I do think karma and the laws of karma cause and effect, one of the seven you know, hermetic um, principles of nature is always in effect. Um, it is the holy month of Ramadan, the ninth month in the Islamic calendar, and it's deep, deep into the fast uh, right now. So personally, and others practicing as well, I could observe, are very deep, deeply into our, our retreat, our internal retreat and our meditation at the depths, whatever depths of ourselves we can reach. And that's the basis of spiritual work, is self-knowledge and going deeper into ourselves and untangling those knots, those conflicts we have within, with others. Um, every night before fast breaks, the community uh, that I'm part of, the Sufi community, a beautiful community, gets together and we, we listen to a Quran recitation. And the part of the recitation we, we listened to last night was about Iblis, who was uh, one of the angels, the fallen angel, which didn't want to um, bow down to Adam when God created Adam from clay. And his hubris, his arrogance, didn't allow him to bow down, and he faced God with that complaint and said, I won't do so, and he was cast out. Um, and as he was cast out, he asked for freedom to live his own way, in his own free way. And God granted him that. You will live freely till the end of your days, till the day of judgment. But you shall not get away with not having that judgment. And that's a great example, you know, for those of you, those of us that look around the world and see the state of the world and that... Um, Although I'm an optimist and I believe in having that eternal optimism, we have to look practically as well at the world with that optimism. How can we make it better? But what's the current state? And if we look around now, you know, at the wars, at the greed, at many of the challenges we have and, and a lot of the ugliness, let's say, that's showing through humanity at large, I think we can see that freedom that had been given to Iblis satanic force to operate freely and, and make money and run successful businesses, successful financially. Um, 
So for me, the financial measurement in business is, is just one component and it's a small component. How are you affecting humanity? How are you affecting your own soul? How are you affecting the mentality of the others that work with you, whether they're the staff, the customers, vendors, partners? Um, it's a much bigger formula than the capitalistic financial bottom line. That's a, that's a system that isn't rooted in consciousness and, and true spirituality. And so part of my mission and part of where I'm either a zealot or becoming a full believer. I mean, there's moments of doubt right now in our businesses. We have tremendous challenges. It's tech startups right now after what's happened with the banks, what's happening in the economy. It's a very challenging time. Um, we've had contracts and agreements for a lot of funding to come in that dried up because everything is connected. Again, all in one, one in all, another hermetic axiom. Everything's connected, right? There's a chain, there's domino effect that happens. There's karmic connections to everyone and everything in the universe. So when times are tough and we're in the middle of this retreat, this deep retreat, it's a time for reflection and deep evaluation. And um, what's coming up for me is a deeper and deeper foundation of belief um, in going all in, in overcoming our fears, even when you're not sure when next week or next month, how you're gonna pay certain bills personally or as someone, a business owner that's responsible for myself and others, um, how are we gonna get things done? Well, it's not gonna be solved through the mind alone. You know, the mind and the intellect can be a tool and can serve that end, but it's what I'm finding is there's another place. There's a deeper place to go, and that's um, a lot of hard questions have to be asked in that retreat place. And that's where I am right now. That's where we are in, in humanity in this Ramadan final um, seven to 10 days, which is where we are. Um, it's also um, coincided this year amazingly. It's as if a lunar eclipse or a lunar solar combination. There's also Noru's recently and the spring um, diet and meditation that I'm also within. So it's, um, it's a deep time and um, it's really bringing me deeper and deeper into my core belief that the world needs a new framework for how to run organizations, to how to run business, and for how we connect together. And there does need to be more than just one bottom line. The financial bottom line is essential because money is the lifeblood that runs a business that allows people to get paid and pay their bills and, and come to work with a clear and focused mind, right? But we also need to evaluate the social impact. Absolutely we do. And a business needs to be measured by all of that. Um, as far as companies getting bailed out, that's a whole nother conversation, whether they're banks or other businesses. Um, it's, it's nice to know that there's different programs and whether it's government support, but some of that seems a little bit unnatural to me as well. Um, you have to figure out how to run a business that makes money to be able to support itself and its growth.
period. I mean, that is part of what's needed. If you can't do that, at some point, you'll be out of business. So it can't just be a feel-good idea. Of course, that's where some organizations can be nonprofits and raise money in a different way that doesn't come from necessarily revenue or like proving that they have a product or service that can support um, a true customer base. Um, so while I support you know, charitable businesses and not nonprofits, that's not the track and the ethos that B-Labs um, really engenders. We, our concept is to build sustainable businesses, build conscious companies that have real, that can compete in markets with all the attention that goes into other options uh, in their respective categories. Let's say basement sports as an example, you know, in mixed reality gaming, it's going to compete with other companies that offer children different forms of entertainment, different kinds of sports products, different kinds of social networks. So you have to be able to build a product, a good product that, um, that's able to compete. I think the laws of nature and the way nature and life works is there is competition. There's always going to be some form of competition. And, um, and that aspect of kind of capitalism, to me, that's, that's a way to look at it and take some positive aspects of it because that does reflect part of the laws of nature. It's the laws of the jungle in a way, right? It can be cutthroat, it can be harsh. And so we need to learn how to be strong and how to compete. And um, that's something I support as well. And I think growing up as a, an aspiring soccer player, as, as a footballer, uh, that's something we learned every single day. When you show up at practice or a game, you have to bring your best. And if you bring your best and you train hard and you learn from your mistakes, and stay positive, you're gonna improve. Doesn't mean you'll be the best, but you'll be the best that you can be. And what I saw in that from myself and others is those that stayed focused, stayed on track, didn't get discouraged, and had some natural tools, gotta to have that too. Um, they were able to really optimize their experience as an athlete, as a student athlete. And then as they move past their student-athlete days into life, how you bring that same attitude and mentality that, again, even the concept of student-athlete is the beginning of polymath, right? Academics, athletics, mind, body, spirit, that triangle right there, that trifecta. And the zealot is one who's able to embody that and encompass that and apply it to wherever they're called in life. So let's take a minute and reflect, do your own self-reflection. I'll slow down and give a little pause here. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? And when I do this, I can look in the mirror and look at myself and say, who are you? What is your purpose? This is a great month and time to do that. See what comes up, write some things down, have some conversations. I'm sure you already know or have known part of this. Now's a chance for some refinement, or maybe there's been a blind spot. 
something you've been avoiding. My teacher, Dario Salas, said in a talk recently that we can have all the tools and we can be part of communities and we can say that we want to do things and that we have a purpose. There's a lot of simulation, to use his words, that can be done and then there's really doing it, which is something different and that requires this internal decision, again, using his words, an inner internal decision that we make to say, I'm going all in. That's what a zealot does. He or she goes all in. You can't shake them. You can't shake their faith. I've been working on some of the ventures we have now for 20 plus years without having really cracked the code fully or had that full throttle market success. I've had people look at me when we've tried and, and kind of fell off, had various smaller failures along the path saying, all right, great idea, but time to move on. What are you gonna do next? But stayed the course and it hasn't been easy hasn't been easy because there's many moments where that self-doubt comes in. It comes through the voices of others. It comes through just a bit of an internal doubt. And those are the things that I'm facing in this current retreat. Where is there still parts inside of me that have doubt? There's still some, something there. You know, I, I could admit that. There's still parts that want to latch on to that but they're getting weaker and i am getting stronger as a whole and as a a leader the internal leader the internal fire that internal god particle our spirit is starting to encompass and take over in my body in my being in my thoughts in my vibration more fully more fully than ever before so it's a game of percentages and as we start to take over, as the spirit starts to come in and take over this vehicle, again, a teaching that I'm right in the middle of as, as a student of Hermeticism, as a student of Sufism and Islam, and combining these vast, sacred um, treasures of just gold. It's pure gold. If we can allow it in, and if we could be humble enough, not like Iblis that thought he knew better, that wanted to have that full reign of independence, to just live not in accordance with the laws of nature, not in accordance with God's wish for us, which is in us, because we all have that particle that we can grow. And then it can take over our vision, our communication, our connection with others within ourselves. That's why I wrote those words down today, zealot. It's not an easy place to get to. I'm still on my path, but I can see it. I can feel it more and more so inside. And that's my goal. And God willing, I pray every day that those cells and those parts that still contain some doubt, that's a divisive part. That's the voice that's looking to be transformed, transmuted. Every cell of our body can catch fire. The last thing I'll say is I was walking with my son on this very warm day, you know, while fasting and 
um, taking in the sunlight. And I was telling him, because he was complaining a little that it's so hot. And I said, you know, look at the sun. Do you think it ever goes to sleep? Does it ever take off? No, he said. I said, correct, son. It's always shining and burning with that fire and it's hottest at the core. And that's the message. We need to catch fire from that particle inside of us, from that inspiration, and allow our entire being to catch fire, every cell of our body. And when we have that, and when we can bring that to our work, to our companies, to any aspect of life, we become unstoppable. So to entrepreneurs and to the members of our team and B-Labs, to everybody, that's the message. We have to believe and we have to increase our fire within and let it overcome our doubts. But again, it's not a passive activity. There's a passive component, but there's an active component. We have to move deeper into that, move deeper into that retreat and find those places where we have blocks. And then lo and behold, we're able to solve problems and find a way through. And that's when life becomes magical. And uh, the forms of support that we need, that we couldn't even imagine would come our way, to use an old quote from Goethe, appear. Boldness in that quote has genius, power, and magic in it. When we make a decision, when we fully commit, providence moves too. That's what it means to be a zealot and a polymath. Let's all do our best. Peace.